what do you think it's going to cost you in the long run? That's a good question. I feel like it would cost me that opportunity to be able to fully live Mm -hmm. so that I have those stories to share. I think that it would cause me to just continuously keep putting my toe in the puddles of water and not actually submerging and experiencing what it feels like to be out of my comfort zone. This is your Kick-Ass Live podcast, episode number 298. This is the Your Kick-Ass Life podcast with Andrea Owen, a no BS guide to self-help and badassery. Because ladies, let's face it, life's too short for it to not kick ass. And here's your host, the girl who serves it up straight with a side of crazy, Andrea Owen. Hey there, ass kickers. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I am so glad that you are here. I have another coaching episode for you today. I'm trying to do these once a month. I think we've got it down to a science now where we are releasing about one a month. And one of the things I'm the most excited about around this particular episode is the update that I'm going to give you at the very end. This woman did her homework. She did the work. And I want to emphasize that... Okay, how do I say this without being a total dick? (laughs) I have to have that conversation with myself many times, having a personality and growing up with a mother who was like this, of just not really having a filter and just words fall out of my mouth and sometimes they fall out of my mouth and I can't pick them back up and sometimes I have to apologize. And especially here where I'm, I have to be a responsible human being, having a platform, being kind. I have to have this conversation with myself where I have to slow down and pause and say, okay, Andrea, be kind, be kind girl. But here's the thing. And, and I, and I am like raising my hand over here because I've so been in this place where we like the idea of personal development. Maybe we like the idea of hiring a life coach and we read all the personal development books and we listen to all the podcasts. You guys know what, what I'm going to talk about, right? And then we don't really do anything. You know, we're just like, well, it felt like relief at the time when I hit buy now on Amazon or I subscribe to that podcast. And I'm not saying at all that that doesn't matter. It does. It's I call that like passive learning, passive personal development. You are getting it in between your ears. It's important. I would much rather you listen to empowering podcasts than... I don't know, stuff that's crappy and (laughs) that's triggering to you and makes you feel awful about yourself. I would much rather have you listen to empowering podcasts than listen to your own inner critic. That's for damn sure. And then there comes a time where action needs to happen. That's why in the chapters in my second book, I really wanted to make sure that there were some kind of action that you take in the form of journaling questions where you are putting pen to paper. Sometimes the action is big, like having a hard conversation with someone, applying for a job, uh, asking for a raise, asking someone out deciding to do trauma therapy with your therapist, moving to another city or state or country. These can be the big action things that are out of your comfort zone that will get you on the path, get you to the place where you want to be, the things that are in alignment with your values. And that's what happened today on the podcast, which you will hear about in the very end when I talk about the update from Marissa. So in this episode, speaking of values, we do touch on values. Marissa came and she, generally speaking, wanted to learn how to slow down. It was go, go, go. And then the conversation takes a turn, which I wasn't expecting, which she wasn't expecting, which often happens in coaching sessions. So let me just have you take a listen instead of me yammering on and on. Without further ado, here is the coaching conversation with Marissa. Marissa, thanks so much for being here. Thanks so much. I'm really excited. I have my typical podcasting introduction (laughs) for everybody. (laughs) My clients, no, but in all seriousness, I'm just so honored and grateful that people show up here to talk about stuff that's going on in their life and 
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. So let's start from the beginning. Tell us who you are, what you do, you know, as you answer the question, what do you do? I know it doesn't really tell exactly who you are as a person, but like, what do you do for a living? Um, as well as where are you? Yeah. Um, so I actually live in Raleigh, North Carolina, so not too, not far from me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I'm currently in Raleigh. I recently just launched a business. Um, so that's a consulting business and, that's taking up most of my time. Uh, and when I'm not working on that, I'm also working um, part slash full-time for another um, recruitment agency. So that's a little bit about me. I've been in Raleigh for about four years. Um, prior to that, I, I grew up in Ohio until about age 22, moved to Los Angeles for a few years, and here I am. And here you are in the South. Yes. Well, what when I posted in our Patreon group, you know, that I was looking for people to come on and have some coaching. What was it that you, what is the the topic, like the main topic that you're struggling with right now? Being okay with slowing down every once in a while. Um, I feel like, especially since I just launched my new business, um, I have so many ideas and thoughts swirling around in my mind that I just feel like I need to do them all and all at one time. And if I'm not doing that, that it's not enough. And so I'm really struggling with wrapping my head around it's okay not to do all of the things at one time and it's okay to just pause and be. Mm-hmm. And so um you know going into that mindset with this business is is difficult because it's you know you want that overnight success and I think that we all logically know that that doesn't happen. Um so that, that's kind of where I'm at with it. There's a big difference between, because this is what I hear so much from women is they say, and, and this is, you know, if someone's talking about feeling worthy and feeling enough or having self-compassion and, and things like that, it's that they say exactly what you said. I know logically <laughs> that this is what I'm supposed to do or that this is impossible, et cetera, et cetera, but I can't seem to really embody that or take the necessary action to do that, wouldn't you say? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Well, I'm curious about what is the solution that you're looking for? And and it doesn't even have to be a quote unquote practical solution. Like what would be kind of like the, the magic coaching question of if I could wave a magic wand and give you what you want, what is it that you're looking for? I think I just want a better perspective, more more clarity around like why did I even launch this business to begin with? And so I think when I have more clarity and perspective around that, that'll remind me and help me, I guess, quote unquote, prioritize what I go after and um, really keep that fire lit under those things for me. Because like I said, I have so many ideas and it's just, it's so igniting to me anyway, to be able to chase my passion. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm doing it, it just seems like it's a herd of dogs that I'm chasing after. Yeah. And like one is going in front of the other and constantly switching places. And so it's <clears throat> almost paralyzing at moments where, you know, I feel like I have a good grasp on something and then something else pops up in my life or somebody else pops in my life and, and I get another idea or I get a distraction and I feel like I need to grab onto that and other things go to the back burner. Um, and so I really just need clarity and the reinforcing mentality of it's okay. Like, yeah, well, it sounds like your creativity is in full swing, but it's just, you're making up stories about how quickly it all needs to be done and how organized it all needs to be. Is that fair? Yes, absolutely. Okay. I'm also wondering what are your, I'm, I'm totally assuming, and maybe you haven't, have you done any values work? Yes, I have. Okay what are your top values? Like what's important about the way you live your life? Um, definitely accountability is very important to me. Um, honesty, integrity, um, and patience (laughs) uniquely enough is, is very important to me as well. Okay. Tell me more about that one. Where did that come from? So that came from, I, I think a way that I work, um, And it's working with other people and knowing that I need to be patient with other people and understand that, 
you know, they're on their timeline and, you know, what works for me, it might not work for them. And so approaching my relationships, whether it's professional, personal, whatever it may be with a really solid understanding of patience is very important for me. Um, and that's something I've done a lot of work on. And at the end of the day, when it comes down to me having patience with myself, it's almost like I've never done any of that work before. I was just about to say, Marissa, isn't that a coincidence (laughs) that that's one of your values and you aren't giving yourself the same, the same, um, love in that arena? Yes. Why do you think you're the exception? That's a really good question. I, I think that I have these, I guess I could call them unrealistic expectations of myself because of the way I've operated almost my entire life of go, 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 go. And this is just not enough. Keep doing more. And, you know, the ever, um, terrifying line from any kind of, you know, authoritative figure in, in a lot of our lives of nice job, but, and in that sentence, all you hear is, you know, the but, or, or, mm-hmm. you know, next time do this. And so it's no matter how monumental the thing is, is that was accomplished. It just doesn't feel like enough. And yeah. I think that that's a lot more deep rooted than I ever really knew about. And so it really compromises my patience with myself. Got it. Okay. Where do you get, where do you gather your value and your own self-worth? How do you measure that? Professionally, um, it would definitely be any kind of external validation. So any managers that I've had, any, um, upper level, anybody, um, how I've done on a project, how quickly I get things done, how well I do the things. And Mm -hmm. so that translate, it translates into my personal life. Mm -hmm. Um, how quickly am I able to respond to this friend? Um, you know, what, what can I do to be there every waking moment for everybody else except for myself? How's that working for you? Well, you know, <laughs> here I am. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, it also sounds like, and I don't ever like to put values in people's mouths, but when I hear people talk about how they are naturally in many ways, I do like to just kind of point it out. So it sounds like you might have a value around excellence. Yes. I think that's fair to say. And doing things well. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm sure you know this already, but I'm going to say it louder for the people in the back, is that there's a difference between perfectionism and striving for excellence. Have you heard this speech before? Yes, but feel free to repeat. Okay. <laughs> so striving for excellence can be a really great thing. Brittany Brown talks about this all the time when she's, when she's lecturing on perfectionism and that we can strive to do things very well and to do our best. When it pushes over into perfectionism is basically based on the simple question. So when we when we have a value on excellence, it is self-focused. We want to do things to be proud of them. So we can be proud of the work that we are doing. And that would actually point to your value around integrity, even mm-hmm. accountability, right? It's important to you, period. Where it falls over into perfectionism is when it is outwardly focused. So we're thinking about what will people think? How am I going to be judged, measured, critiqued on my work? Yes. Yeah. And and I think that, you know, it's interesting you point that out too, because, you know, I would definitely, if I put a label on myself at times, would be a recovering perfectionist. Mm-hmm. And so that really likes to pop up every once in a while and just sit and stare at me on my shoulder. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's something that daily can pop up and weirdest things that I might be doing, you know, whether it's just my daily routine or something new I'm trying or, even just attempting to sit on my couch and do the thing that I want to talk about of slowing down. Yeah. That perfectionist is just sitting there and saying, why are you not doing something? And so I think going into, you know, being a business owner, going just in day-to-day life of just not feeling like it's enough Mm -hmm. by the external standards and having that, you know, perfectionist in me is is really, it's a daily challenge. 
Yeah, I get it because we have been conditioned as women. I read this really great book. Oh my gosh, I probably read it back in 2010. It's by Courtney Martin and it's called Perfect Girls Starving Daughters. And and it is from an angle of, you know, where eating disorders come from, but she is talking a lot about perfectionism. And one of the things she says in there is, is she's my age. I think she might be a couple of years younger than me. And so her mom was a huge feminist in the 60s and 70s. And she said, and I'm, I'm assuming she's talking about, you know, generation X, but I think millennials as well and saying, you know, we grew up hearing that you can, you can do and be anything you want. You know, the, the possibilities are endless and hooray to that, right? Like, thank fucking God. <laughs> we now live in a world where we have so many more opportunities than our mothers and grandmothers did. At the same time, what many of us heard was you have to do everything and you have to be everything. She calls it the uh, the unintended side effect of the feminist movement. And, and this woman, like she started feministing.com, Courtney Martin did. So like, she's not anti-feminist at all, but I think it's, I think she has a really valid point there and that we have grown up in, in a culture that has put a little bit of pressure on us. What do you, what do you think about that? Oh yeah, I, I a hundred percent agree. And I, and I think too, you know, um, with the increased pressure from social media and society together, it's like, well, where do I start to even become one of all of those things that I was told that I can be and that I can do. And, you know, when, for me, when I feel like I have even like a slight inkling of, okay, this is, this is one thing that I need to, to be, and this is how we need to show up as to do the thing, it almost feels like, okay, well now what, you know, and I'm just kind of in this maze of, I'm going to take a right turn when I should have gone left. Um, Mm. and I think that that pressure can be again, paralyzing to the point of, well, then if I don't know what to do and I was told that I can do all the things, I'm just going to sit here until somebody picks me up and just gives me a guide plan. And then at that point, I'm back on the same track of doing everything that everybody else would tell me I need to be doing and not following my passion. Okay. What are you afraid might happen if you don't quote unquote live up to your full potential or or whatever it is that your perfectionist voice is telling you that you need to do? What is like your ultimate fear? I'm afraid that if I don't follow my intuition and go with what I feel I need to, that I will put myself back in a reality of, you know, work hours today in the corporate life is 7am to 7pm that I'll go back into a job like that, where it is just draining my soul to the point where I lose myself. And then I'm just constantly asking myself, what are, what is life outside of these walls? Mm-hmm. I'll just be dreaming about it. And I'll still have all of these ideas and thoughts going around right now, but I, could be doing with my business, but back at square one of no, you know, I'm in this safe space of, I know that I'm going to be getting a paycheck. I know that I'm going to be getting all those things from Uh society that seem good. Um, but again, it's still going to have that layer of this isn't good enough because there's not going to be any self-fulfillment there. Okay. Oh, the struggle is real with that, right? <laughs> like yes. both, both outcomes are scary. Yeah. You're it sounds like you're losing yourself one way or another with both outcomes. Yes. Yeah. Okay, this is like the point in the conversation where I have like three different questions and deciding which direction to go. But I think I'm gonna go in this direction because in the beginning of this conversation, you said you wanted a better perspective, more clarity, and your why, which I think stood out to me the most. And that's what I want to ask you about. And maybe the question is when you're a 90 year old lady, you know, in like 60 years, 59 years from now, that's a long time. (laughs) You have a long road ahead of you. What do you want to be the most proud of? What do you want to be asked to go and be on a panel or a keynote or what, or in in front of the fireplace with a bunch of people, whether they're your grandchildren or whomever, where you're talking about your life and they're asking you to tell stories, what do you want to be the most proud of? That's actually, um, interestingly enough, easy for me to answer because 
the first thing that comes to mind is that I want to be sitting in front of the panel, wherever I'm at, whatever the platform is and telling other people how I followed what felt good to me and what brought me joy and made me feel fulfilled. And doing that was using my voice and telling my story and sharing my story with other people and having it connect with those people in a way that empowered them to do the same. And it created a domino effect Mm -hmm. and helped break that mold that's been being built for so long of what we, especially as women should be doing. Mm -hmm. That to me is just so powerful. And I've had people in my life that have done that for me. And at the end of the day, I don't look at their credentials. I don't look at their, their corporate job or, you know, how much they're making or anything like that. The things that stand out to me are the thoughts and feelings that they shared with me when they showed up as who they really are. And so that was so empower, empowering for me and so strong that that's what I held on to. And that's what I want to do. And that's what I want to be remembered for. Yeah. That was beautiful. Thank you. We all want to know that our lives mattered. Yes. To at least one person and that it was a life well lived. And it sounds like that's what you're clear about. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm also wondering if you keep up this pace, you know, keep going the way that it's going, keep going, you know, as as to what brought you here, what do you think it's going to cost you in the long run? That's a good question. I feel like it would cost me that opportunity to be able to fully live Mm -hmm. so that I have those stories to share. I think that it would cause me to just continuously keep putting my toe in the puddles of water and not actually submerging and experiencing what it feels like to be out of my comfort zone. Yeah. It sounds almost like, and and tell me if I'm right or wrong, it sounds like you have sort of moved over into a new career path, which is essentially entrepreneurship. Is that fair to say? Yes. Okay. And you've kept the habits from your corporate job of go, 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 got to do it right. Got to, you know, kind of climb, climb the, the ladder, whatever that looks like in entrepreneurship for you. Is that fair to say? You hit the nail on the head with that one. <laughs> okay. So I wonder if, and you tell me, cause I honestly, am not getting a read. Do you think it's habitual or do you think it is more of like an underlying issue? What we kind of talked about a few minutes ago. Um, I can explain a little bit more if it's not clear. Yeah. My, my gut reaction is that it's, it's, it's something deeper. Okay. And it might be both a little bit of both. Yeah. Okay. Because what's, what's interesting is, you know, I can ask someone the question, you know, what is this, what is this costing you? How do you see this working out in the long run? If you continue to do this, the way that you're doing it. And many times people are clear, like this is going to destroy me, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but they still won't make any changes. I'm, I'm curious then if you think it's an underlying thing, you know, we talked about culture and what that is sort of put on you, this pressure. Is there anything else? Like, did something happen when you were younger or did somebody say something to you, whether it was a boss or a family member or something like that, that, that has sort of triggered you into being this way? Yes. Um, when, I mean, when I was younger, so it was super, super close with my family. Um, and there were moments where my mom, she was a traveling nurse. And so when she would be gone for a week at a time and she'd come home, um, I would want to have the house cleaned for her so that she could just come home and relax and just, um, slow down, I guess. Mm -hmm. And so when that would happen, it was always not always, but it was a lot of moments of thank you, but you missed this. And so that really stuck with me. And I, now that I say that out loud, that was a trend with a a lot of my bosses as well. It was thanks, but next time do this or, Hey, good job. But did you notice that this was missing? Uh And so it was just really debilitating to the point where it was just, it made me sad. And so in those moments of when I'm really, really striving for that, that excellence marker, it's like, 
it keeps getting higher and higher no matter what. Like I just can't reach it. Hmm. Okay. How old were you? Like, and it, it might have gone on for years, but like, do you remember a certain age where that happened with your mom? Uh, yeah, it was definitely more in like junior high into high school. Okay. Is she still around? Do you have a relationship with her? Yeah. She, she's my best friend. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had this conversation? Like, would she be surprised to hear this? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Would you be willing, and I would help you with this, would you be willing to have a conversation with her about it? Yes, I would. Okay. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> <laughs> have you done any work on this before in therapy or anything? Yeah. Yeah. It's, okay. it's a big thing too that, um, you know, was recently in the last couple of months un- unpacked for me too. And so it's a little raw. So I'm not really sure how to articulate on it, but it's interesting how it's really shown up in my professional life. Mm-hmm. Yes. And for those people listening, I, I probably wouldn't recommend this to jump in feet first if you didn't have the kind of relationship. I, I definitely think it's possible. And I've, I've done it with clients before where they've written letters to their parents and, and read them and, and even with a strained relationship with them. But if you tell me that your mom is your best friend, to me, that signals that she would be open to hearing you if, if you brought this from a very graceful and compassionate place, which I can help you with. And so here's how I would, here's how I would, come at the conversation. And I want everyone to know that I learned how to communicate the one, two, threes of communication from my best friend, Amy Smith, who's over at the Joy Junkie podcast. This is her wheelhouse. And any hard conversation I've had to have, she's helped me through. So we, what I would start with gratitude. And what that might sound like is, I have loved being your daughter. You have raised me to have so many amazing qualities. And I you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just spitballing here. So like you would, you would make this sound exactly like it would for you. Um, you could say, I, I'm just so incredibly grateful that you're my mom and, and here's all the things I love about you. And you don't have to go on for 10 minutes. You know, it might be a minute or so. Mm-hmm. And then you can say, I was, I was having a conversation with someone and I kind of realized that, that one of my triggers is this thing. And, and, and also here's what I would say, Marissa, please know mom that I know that you did the absolute best that you could. You were working so much and traveling and that had to have been extraordinarily difficult to try to have any kind of work-life balance and you did the best you could. And I can totally see that. And so here's, here's a thing for everyone <laughs> about communication. You, you were saying too, when you were describing, when you were describing how your bosses have made you know, like giving feedback and, and even your mom, if you tell someone, thanks for cleaning the house, but you missed the bathroom. Mm-hmm. It's very different to say, thank you so much for cleaning the house. I can tell you worked so hard for this. And I would love to make a request. If you, the next time you do it, I would be so happy if you did the same exact thing that you did. And if you could hit this part right here, it's, you know what I mean? Like, do you see, you see the difference? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's sometimes it's just as small as saying, and instead of, but yes, because many times when we're saying, but we're negating and dismissing what we just said, I love you, but you have a big mouth. You're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's not, that's not nice. So, so I would start with gratitude, tell her that you understand how hard it was for her during those years or at least you can imagine it was hard for her during those years. And the way you remember it is this, because here's the thing with when we have, and I've had this experience when I've had conversations with my own mom about things that happened in my childhood, she might have a very different recollection of it. Right. So you would say like, and here was my experience. Here's how I remember it. You know, and then you, you tell her and just say, I would even repeat and say, I know that you did the best you could. And it's just like one of those things that still, that I still think about sometimes. Yeah. I think that sounds like an approach that she would definitely be receptive to, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and having that really close relationship with her, I think that she will hear it. And, you know, now that it's all being said out loud, 
I think really importantly too, for me, it'll feel like that's not sitting on my shoulders. Yeah. Because the last thing I would want to do is go into that conversation with a lot of heaviness and, and just, well, here's the things, things that you said to me and how they've affected me and just really automatically put her on defense mode. Right. And she's not listening when she gets into that place. Yeah. Because of course, any human would, would do that, that would feel backed into a corner. So I think that when you could even say, and again, this is totally depends on your style and your relationship that you have with her. You could even say, my guess is that it was not, not at all your intention. My guess is that you were probably so tired and maybe a little bit irritated by something else that had happened at work. And that this is how it came out. And as a kid, here's how I interpreted it. And it's kind of stayed with me. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. I think, I think that's phenomenal. I mean, I'm even just trying to process it right now and I can even see myself and feel myself having that conversation. So what's Uh, happening emotionally over there right now? I have a lump in my throat, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm having to just remember to breathe because it's kind of making me try and lose my breath a little bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's bringing up the moments of the excellence and feeling like if I have this conversation that it might be hard for her to hear, but I think that I need to remind myself that oftentimes those conversations are the ones that really just need to be had. And, you know, when I go into it, really remembering, you know, use the and, and, you know, expressing the gratitude and making sure that I show up the way that feels best and feels the most fulfilling for me. And what, what do I want to get out of that conversation? Um, I, I think, think it, oh, go it, ahead. It's going to force me to pause. Mm-hmm which takes that me patience again. Huh? Yeah. It's going to force me to pause and just really slow down and be really intentional with my words and my actions, which I'm just having such a light bulb over here. I need to do that with my entire life. <laughs> really? Um, yeah. With like, it's having, like I said in the beginning, like I just need to slow down. And I think the thing that's missing is that clarity of my intentions of what, what I'm, what it is I'm doing. Yeah. I smell a homework assignment. <laughs> and before I circle back with something that you just said, what do you think the assignment is in terms of what you just said? Like, what are your intentions with everything you're doing? That was a huge statement. So how could that be sort of parsed down into an assignment for you? Um, for me, I've always really been big into writing and journaling. Okay. Uh, so I think for me, I really need to reflect on what that statement means for me. And I don't know if that looks like writing down all of the thoughts and ideas that I've had over the last couple of months to a year and diving into what they mean to me Mm -hmm. and narrowing them down. I'm not sure. Yeah. I was just listening to, everybody keeps telling me about Dax Shepard's Armchair Expert podcast, which I had never listened to. And so I was scrolling through it and I saw that John Gottman was one of his guests back in February. And so that was the very first episode I listened to. And it's like a two hour, it's a two hour plus um, interview. And for those of you that don't know who John Gottman is, he has so much tenure in the experience or in the research of relationships. And he was, he cited many, many studies during this long interview. And one of them he cited about research that was done, I can't remember what country it was, where they were they were trying to figure out why people, you know, the age old question of like, why do people, why do some people live longer than others? And it was in nutrition, is it exercise? And what they found was that one of the biggest factors was the health that we have of our personal relationships. What do you think? Hmm. I mean, the health of personal relationships is, that's huge. Mm-hmm. That's huge. It's, it's bigger than we realize. Yeah. And and I'm so glad to hear you have a close relationship with your mom. I, I know that many people listening don't have that experience. And I also think that there are other people, you know, you can have a very close relationship with other women or your sister or 
or your partner or whomever. And there are, there still will come, things will come up where they need to be talked about. Yes. Yeah, I agree. To benefit both of you. It's always like, you know, an approach of the health of any personal relationships really is like, they're a constant work in progress. Yeah. And it's interesting too, that, that facet of, you know, we as women, especially kind of are so aware of the health of our physical body. Um, And so what about the health of everything else outside of that? Exactly. Our personal relationships are a huge thing because that molds so much of what goes on in our lives. Precisely. And I, and I also think that to circle back to what you were saying about how, I can't remember what you said, but it was something about how she might be uncomfortable or, or defensive or things like that. Of course she will. Like nobody wants to, I don't like hearing, you know, when my best friend or my husband comes to me and, and whether, and t- they telling me that I'm doing something that, that they don't like. And I'll tell you what though, I'm way more open to hear it. If they come to me with kindness and love rather than yelling or pointing fingers or blaming, just science tells us that we shut down in those moments. Like nobody wants, we don't, we don't want to hear it. We immediately get defensive. So it all comes back to communication and how we communicate it. But yes, she's going to be uncomfortable. Yes, you are going to be uncomfortable. And the win is that when you can have these types of conversations with people at the end of the day, my hope is that it will bring you closer. However, you nor I can predict how this will go. I have a good feeling based on just what you have told me that it would go well. But in other instances, you know, maybe for other people listening, we, for everyone, we have no control of how that person is going to respond to what we bring them. All we have control over is how we show up with kindness and honesty and clarity. And that's my question to you, Marissa, is what do you want? Like, how are you going to call this a success? What do you want the intention to be of this conversation? That's a really good question. The intention of the conversation would be, I feel like for both of us to really pause Mm -hmm. um, and just really be in that conversation. I feel like- I'm going to stop you for a second. You don't have any control over how or what she does. I mean, I I know that you know her really well. Yeah. Maybe I should have said that, like, what, what is your intention for you? For me, I want the, the feeling that everything that I did years ago was, it was good enough. And, um, in those moments where I felt completely defeated because I thought that I was doing something really, really helpful and something that was really needed and that I would get shown the gratitude that I I thought that I wanted. And Mm -hmm. in moments just wasn't Uh that it was good enough for me in that moment. And I want to walk away with also hearing for myself that I am good enough and that it's okay sometimes that if there's a piece of paper on the floor or if I <laughs> clean the house and I just don't have the energy some days to do it all in, in two hours, I want it to be okay. Um, and going back to those moments of just like being fine with where I'm at in that moment. Yeah. Um, and that's bringing up like, a lot of emotion for me right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because it just takes me back to those moments of like, I really just wanted like my intention in those moments years ago was just to really be helpful. Um, and that's so near and dear to me. And so it, what I want to walk away with is that I need to remember to be helpful for myself. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. A hundred percent. And my hope is that this is, it seems like a baby step, but it could be a really big step in you getting to that place where taking a break is not only deserved, but necessary. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right. And that you have done enough. Yeah. I think for so long, taking a break for me was so 
cloudy and mm-hmm. not really find. And it was just take a break as in like 15 minutes from whatever I'm doing. Um, but I think that like taking a break is going to show up much differently um, and a lot more clear and different ways for me. Yeah. All right. So what do you want to, we kind of, we jumped around a little bit in this conversation, but I have down that you're going to, and, and it, tell me if this needs to be more specific, but what I wrote down is that you're going to journal on your intentions for your life. Yes. Okay. Are you clear on what that is? Because I'm, I'm not, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> <I'm not. laughs> Only if you are. <laughs> Uh, you know what that means? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. That to me means something that okay. I, I understand and I can already see. That's all that matters. Yeah. All right. And then you're going to have this conversation with your mom. Yes. And I can help you offline too, in terms of just setting up the conversation and getting really clear on kind of what like your bullet points are. Yeah. So that you feel ready. When do you think you can have that conversation with her? Um, uniquely enough, I'm actually going to be going on a short trip with her, um, tomorrow. <laughs> okay. Okay. Wow. <laughs> For the next couple of days and we're both going to be in, in vacation mode. So I don't know if it's, if that's the appropriate time or if there will ever be an appropriate time. I have no idea, but. Does it feel okay for you to just sort of feel it out? And if it feels good, then you'll do it. But if not, I'm not going to be mad at you. Like you, there's still time. Yeah. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Okay. I never want people to feel rushed going into these conversations because it's important. Yeah. All right. Yeah. To me, it doesn't really feel rushed because I feel like it's a conversation I've deep down known that I need to have. Yeah. I just haven't really known how to approach it. Yeah. And I just, I want to say something too, for, for people listening who might be in tears at this moment, you know, thinking of someone in their life that they would love to have the opportunity to have this conversation with, but they can't because that person, either they're estranged from that person or that person has passed away. I think it can be enormously helpful to write a letter to that person or even do a voice recording where you have the conversation anyway. I think there's something powerful about getting your words out, especially having them come out of your body via your voice. And I, I think for women, especially who have been, I mean, let's call it what it is. We've grown up in a culture where our voice was not tended to be not valued as much. And we're taught, you know, not to cause a scene and cause a ruckus and those types of things. It can be extremely therapeutic and healing to hear the words come out of your own mouth. So I just wanted to, to pause and say that for, for anyone listening and circling back to you, my dear, those two things, because I, I kind of want to assign you like logistically taking a break and things like that. Do you feel like that would be helpful or do you think that this is enough for now? That would be so helpful. Like that okay. is what I need. I need someone to say, hey, do, do this. You have to take a break or I'm going to kick your ass. Yes. <laughs> From here to Charlotte, North Carolina. Okay. Yeah. Well, and, and t- you tell me what would feel, what would feel doable? As far as like time. Yeah. And like, I don't know what your schedule looks like. Do you like want to go do yoga once a week or do you want to go for a walk around your neighborhood? Like what feels like a break for you that's doable? Yeah. I think, I really think like just taking a walk somewhere new, like at least once a week, because I, you know, am in the same environment 95% of the time. And so I really just need to force myself to leave that environment. Okay. Um, So I have ample opportunity to do that where I'm at. I just don't. <laughs> what do you get out of that? Why? Do, I'm just curious why you picked that. Um, it gets me away from being connected so much. And whenever I get to disconnect, like whenever to elaborate, I think that the, the assignment for me would be go out and walk somewhere for an hour, at least once a week and leave my phone at home or leave it in the car and just be with myself. Good exercise. Yeah. When I'm so connected all the time, I'll find myself just not even consciously scrolling through any kind of social media Mm -hmm. and then the the fast pace comes back in my mind. And so, yeah, I just need to leave 
the comfort of where I'm at right now and explore. Excellent. And you feel like that's doable? Yes. Do you already have a time in mind? Like, is it better for you to do that during like the morning hours or on the weekend? Or what do you think? Morning hours. Okay. Okay. I like to set people up as much for success as possible. And here's the thing, like I, what typically happens, and this is with anyone, like if you're working with a personal trainer or, you know, whatever you do the exercise, mostly because you're being held accountable. And then when you're not working with that person anymore, when no one's holding you accountable, you don't do it anymore. But I don't think that all is lost because what ends up happening is you remember what you got out of it when you did the thing. Yes. And that will in turn, hopefully help you create habits or, you know, you get an accountability buddy, also known as accountability buddy, which is hard to say, but you, you find, in other words, you find ways to get it done. The more you realize how much it benefits you. Yeah, absolutely. All right. How are you feeling now? Good. I mean, I feel like I could, I want to go just grab a piece of paper and write for the rest of the day. (laughs) But I will let you go and do that. Is that possible for you to do? Yes. Yeah, it is. Will you do it? Yes, I will. I promise. Okay. So I am around tonight. So I'm going to email you later on this evening and ask how it went. Okay. (laughs) And what we'll do is you and I offline will figure out how we're going to, how I'm going to hold you accountable and things like that. And then if it's okay with you, I will get an update from you in a few weeks and how things went. And I will be able to tell everybody about this. Sound good? That's perfect. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. So that was Marissa. And I know that many of you saw parts of yourself and things that she was saying and some of the circumstances that she was in. So here's what ended up happening. I emailed her and asked her how her homework had gone. And here was the initial email that she sent me. She said, journaling was great. I was able to get clarity on what I felt I needed to say during the conversation with my mom. As the universe would have it, I was given the perfect opportunity to talk with her about the things we discussed while in Florida last week. The conversation went better than I could have ever imagined. We had some of the most open and honest conversations we have ever had. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So I knew there was more to this story. (laughs) I knew that I needed to follow up with her a few weeks later because she forgot to tell me about how it was going on her walks. Was she able to do that? That was such a big part of what she wanted, the solitude and leaving her her phone at home. And so a few weeks later, I followed up with her and I was like, girl, I need some more details. How's it going? How's everything going? Tell me everything, uh, any takeaways that you've had since our session. And this is the best part. Here's what Marissa said. She said, the conversation I had with my mom sparked even more for both her and me. I was able to finally feel like my mom truly knew who I was. We connected on a soul and spiritual level during that conversation and after. It's like we have a much better understanding of each other. We are both human. We mess up, fall down, get back up, have days where our egos take over. P.S. I've also given my ego a name, Janet. (laughs) And at the end of the day, we are both confident in who we are. My mom told me some powerful things during our conversation that really helped me pause and reflect on me as Marissa, not as me, my career, my bank account, my passport stamps, et cetera. I've been journaling on so many things, meditating, pausing to breathe, yelling as loud as I want in the safety of my office on days where I want to throw in the towel. Instead of retreating back to the conversation with Janet i.e. was leaving my job right, I'm not making enough money, I don't see my family and friends enough, etc. I'm now allowing myself to experience whatever feelings I need to in that moment. It's been a weird and new version of bliss for me. Have I been able to go outside for a walk and leave my phone? Yes. This is something I do every single morning now. I wake up, don't check my phone, get my dog, and we go for a walk and be. That practice alone has been transformational for me. I feel so much more in tune, connected to myself, and ready to take on whatever the day puts in my path. Yes, Marissa. I am so glad to hear all of this. And I want to pause for a second. And any of you listening whose inner critic might have jumped in when I was reading that update 
And your inner critic might have said, well, I have a shitty relationship with my mom. That could never happen. Well, I have three little kids at home. I What am I going to get up at four in the morning to go for a walk in solitude? Sometimes our inner critic comes in and does this compare and despair with other personal development other people's breakthroughs and things like that. I had a podcast about it a few weeks ago on this particular topic. It might happen. So all I'm asking for is to watch out for that. Focus on what can be your wins. What did you take away from that episode where you thought, you know what? I love that idea. This other thing is actually going to work for me. Or maybe I have this conversation with this other person in my life. It is all about figuring out what works for you, taking action, and also watching out for your inner critic. Do your best to have self-compassion. You might fall on your face. That person may not show up for you as you want them to show up. But as I've written about in my books, this is all about the experience of actually doing it. This is where we gain courage and confidence from doing the thing and building up the resilience along the way. I love you. I love you. I love you. All of you. I love doing these episodes because it gets me in touch with you, the listener. I know that the people that I coach on the podcast are just a sample of all of you listening and it just makes my heart explode. So thank you, Marissa, for being so vulnerable and sharing your life with us here on the podcast. And to you, Ask Kickers, thank you so much for listening. I know how valuable your time is, and I so appreciate that you spend it with me. And until next time, I will see you out in cyberspace. Bye-bye.